What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. It is David and Isaac. This is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies podcast. We're back. The Grizzlies continue their win streak. They beat the Miami Heat 105 to 90, improved to 14 and 10. Right now, they are two games out in front of the fifth uh, fifth place team. I think the Clippers are still playing tonight, so maybe that's a game and a half if the Clippers win. But still, pretty good spot. Grizzly State is sitting in fourth in the West, and it really, like, it hasn't felt like that good of a year, and yet here they are sitting in fourth place. So, you know, it, it's early, still a lot of time to, to play, but a lot of things have changed here. They The the defense especially has been, been much better. Steven Adams was incredible for the second game in a row. Maybe something's starting to click for him. Bain and Melton. Uh, you know, not Bain and Melton, uh, Bain and, and, and Brooks are both playing out of their mind. Just good stuff all around for this Grizzly squad and looking really good winning five in a row without their best player. Yeah, man, five and oh without John Morant. Uh, not wire to wire, man. This game was tied once, uh, but the Grizzlies never trailed. So almost five wire to wire victories in a row, man. It's just amazing to see. Uh, I mean, things were looking bleak there. We, Shot going down, the Grizzlies were struggling. You're like, oh man, this thing is about to go off the rails. We're talking, maybe thinking down the line, lottery and all kind of stuff. And here we are, five games later, five and zero, and in four plays here in the West and in climbing. Uh, I mean, team looking really good and completely changed things around on the defensive end. Um, and just another great victory tonight. Uh, the guys kind of talked about Stephen Adams on his walk-off interview. Uh, talked about how they kind of Miami kind of came to Memphis and, and pumped them the first time and. And they didn't forget that. Uh, I mean, they came out and played really well tonight. Miami just went nuts from three in that game at Phoenix Forum. Not tonight. Uh, Grizzlies rectified that. Miami 6 of 22 for 27.3% from downtown. And Miami is a really good three-point shooting team. And that's a testament to the defense they're playing. I mean, not only the perimeter, on the interior. And you mentioned this in the opening. Steven Adams, man, second game in a row. This is the guy that, I thought, I thought we were getting when, when they made the deal. I mean, you you think about the the give and take with with losing JV in the offense. You thought Stephen Adams would be a guy that bring you more to defensive end and kind of some of those intangibles uh, that that JV might not bring. Uh, I mean, you didn't think you could score him, but tonight, I mean, you look at his stat line: seventeen points, sixteen rebounds, double double, two assists, steal, a block, man, very efficient, six of eight uh, from from the field, five of nine for the free throw line, thirty one minutes plus fifteen on the night, man, was just everywhere and even. On some of the, the ones that didn't end up in rebounds, but he kept the ball alive with, with tips. I mean, he was just all over the floor tonight, man. It was just fantastic to see it. It just seems to have an extra pep in this stuff the last two games. I mean, energy, man. He's getting up, dunking the basketball. A lot of early in the season, you kind of saw him just kind of miss some bunnies around the rim, wasn't really attacking the rim with authority, getting some shots blocked, man. Not these last two games, man. He's really look aggressive, and this is some of the best basketball you've seen Steven Allen play in a while, and they're a different team uh, when, when he plays like this, and that's a big testament to him and he was a big part of this victory tonight yeah the the, the, uh he just didn't have anybody to match up to him physically down low and he was just having his way there there was one in particular and uh deadman was on the bench and uh omer yusevin i believe that's how you say his name if it's wrong i apologize uh you know like he had a hold of adam's arm Adams goes up and rebounds the ball while this dude's holding on to his arm yeah. and then puts his shot up and he gets a foul. He goes to the free throw line for it. You know, it, uh, again, I hate to keep echoing what you just said, but, you know, this is the guy that we were hoping for, you know, whenever when the Grizzlies traded for Steven Adams. And, 
maybe it's here. Coach Jenkins was asked about it in the post game presser. And man, I had to leave it early. I couldn't hear what they yeah, were it, saying. It was, yeah, it was rough. <laughs> it was brutal, man. Um, but I, I did hear uh, Coach get asked about Stephen Adams, and he said, you know, sometimes it just takes a little bit for things to click. You know, you got to get in here, you learn a new system, you understand, you know, what your assignment is, what you're supposed to do. And he feels like, you know, over these last couple of games, it's just clicked for Adams. He's been in the spots that they've needed him to be in, and he's doing what they need him to do. So hopefully we see more of this moving forward from him. I don't expect that we're going to see double-digit scoring from him on a regular. Oh, you're going to get 17 every night, but. Yeah, but, you know, the, the big rebound numbers are. In the energy. Yeah, just, you know, even how many times was he on the floor tonight going after the, you know, a, a 50-50 ball? Yeah, yeah I mean, he had one. I was going to say he had one, one rebound we grabbed falling forward and fall out of bounds. And then I think there was another one where. He probably tipped it like four times and like was going out of bounds and tipped it backwards and, and the Grizzlies ended up retaining possession. I mean, he just, just was all over the floor tonight, man. And it's just, just really good to see because, uh, again, man, with that dynamic, that brings something different to this team uh, than that they haven't had, especially when they were struggling because he was struggling, wasn't rebounding the basketball, wasn't visiting around the rim. When he's doing that, that brings something that this team has missed. And especially you get 17 points, you kind of, even getting the rebounds and the offense that JV bring, but I, I don't expect to have that every night. But man, it's good to see man seventeen points tonight. And if he can get you 10, 12 points a night, man, you're you're in really good shape uh, because he, he's going to bring bring the rebounds as long as he's bringing that energy, man. That, that's really really big for this team. And as you said, man, no Marquis Morris tonight. He's still out uh, from the the Jokic uh, hit back back a few weeks ago. Uh, I don't know what his status is. Bam out of Bayou, of course, out with the finger surgery. Uh, had a injury to his hand. He had surgery on that. So not a lot of size um, outside of Deadman. Uh, so the Grizzlies, I felt like this was a game where, where Jaron and Steven Adams could t- take advantage of it. I was thinking more Jaron, but Steven Adams definitely took full advantage of it. And again, second game in a row where he's just been fantastic. Yeah, good good all around from the starters. Uh, you had, what, what was it? It was 83? 87 points. 87. 87 points out of 105, yeah. yeah. So all five starters in double figures. Tyus Jones continues to do what we know that he can do. Um, Dylan Brooks, 21 points, eight assists tonight, three rebounds, two steals. Full villain mode, man, tonight. Yeah. He's talking to the crowd, man. He, oh. he, was, in, he was in full villain mode, villain mode tonight, man. That uh, that play where he, he busted up, Tyler Hero had the ball, and he busted it up, and he just kind of chucked it over his shoulder for uh, Bain to get the breakaway. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, I was so freaking pumped after that. Like, just when he is playing like this, it makes this Grizzlies team hard to beat. You know, even minus Ja Morant, when he's playing this well, this team is is really tough to beat. So, good good game from him. Desmond Bain, twenty one points, and eight rebounds from him, two assists, two steals, a block shot. The the growth that we're seeing from Desmond Bain, and you're seeing and probably a little bit biased, but you're seeing some most improved player talks around Desmond Bain right now. Yeah. You think that this is something that we're going to have legitimate conversation about as this continue as like, as the season progresses. I, I think so, man. If, if he's playing like the way he played in Dallas and the way he played tonight, I, I think so. Now I think when John comes back, uh, those offensive numbers, when you got Dylan, one of those guys is probably on most, I mean, you're going to have some nights where he has, big offensive numbers, but I think some of those nights, both of those guys, and you're not going to get 21 points out of both of them when Jaws on the floor on a normal basis, but I mean, the, the consistency that he's put together offensively, 
I, I definitely think he's in that conversation. Um, and you talk about Bain and Brooks, 42 points combined tonight from those two guys, uh, six of 14 from three. Uh, just, you, man, with, with John Moran out, man, you need guys to step up offensively, and they've definitely done that. You get some some good numbers from Jared. Not a huge scoring night from Jared tonight, 14 points. Wasn't super aggressive in this game. Um, I thought with the, the smaller backcourt that they could take advantage of, there was kind of more Stephen Allen, but not a bad game from Jaron at all. Uh, still had 14 points, three rebounds, and assists, still two blocks, 6-16 from the floor, 2-7 from three, 33 minutes. Was a plus 21 uh, in, in those 33 minutes. So, uh, but, but Bain, yeah. Go ahead. It gets it's get it gets lost, man. I'm, I'm struggling. I apologize. It gets lost so many times. You see this stat line. If you only look at this box score and you look at 14 points, three rebounds, one still one block shot, and you're like, well, Jaron didn't really have that much of an impact. And then you look at that plus minus. The, yeah. His impact second on team is so big, man, so big, and and you don't always it, it doesn't always translate to the box score. You you don't see that in the box score. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine with this. Obviously I would love to see him scoring the ball a little more, being a little more aggressive, you know, with, with the, the size that the Grizzlies had on this, uh, this heat team tonight, but still overall, even, even though he didn't score the ball that well tonight, he still had a positive impact on this game and it shows. Um, anyway, if you look at the delve into the numbers, I mean, and that's what I try to tell people, all this criticism that Jerry gets, like you said, they're just looking at the box score. They're just kind of watching, Oh, wait, he didn't score 20 points. He's getting paid all his money. He should score 20 points every night. Look at the defensive splits when he's on the floor and when he's off the floor. That's like all you need to look at and you understand the impact that he has on his team. So even though he only scored 14 points tonight, which is not bad, you said, oh, well, a guy didn't have a good game, scored 14 points. That's still good uh, in the NBA. But uh, the defensive the defense that he plays, even when he doesn't get the box and numbers, I mean, you just look at the, the numbers and you see a plus minus. That's why he's a plus 21. Because when he's in a game, I mean, he has a tremendous impact on the defensive end, even when he's not scoring. Uh, but I do want to send a shout-out to Tyus Jones, man. Tyus, at media day, he's told us, he said, he was disappointed in his three-point shooting last year. Felt like he was a much better shooter. Talked about all the shots that he got up during the offseason, man. And it's really paid off. You got to look at the numbers here. For the season, he's 22 of 51 for 43.1% on the season. Uh, last year, he was 45 of 140 overall for 32.1%. So he's only... 23 made threes off last year's pace, and he, it took him 140 shots to get that last year, and he's way ahead of that pace right now and shoots yeah. 43%. I mean, he's been shooting lights out from downtown, man, and, and Tyus has played really well uh, without Ja. He's really stepped up and, and, and played significant minutes. And again, say this and not that I'm advocating that they move him or anything. It's just kind of logical when, when you think about guys that could move at the deadline. He could be one of those guys, and I think his play – right now is going to be both really well to help this trade value if the Grizz decide to go that direction. Yeah, it's always tough to have those conversations because, you know, and there's not a guy on this team that I'm just like, I wish they would trade this guy. They don't – there's not a single guy on this squad that I think that about. But you can't pay everybody. It just – it's not feasible. There's no way, you know – to a certain extent, you're going to get guys that will take kind of a friendly discount when you're trying to build a championship team. The Grizzlies just are not at that point right now, and, and these guys are going to demand too much money. You 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 can't keep, you know, uh, Kyle is coming up for an extension, and then you got Jaws coming up next year, uh, Tyus Jones. 
you cannot pay all of these guys. So you're going to have to move them. And why not, you know, when their value is at peak, the, the situation that we're in with Kyle, right? I say we, the, the situation that the Grizzlies are in with Kyle right now is, is kind of rough. If you plan on signing him and keeping him around long-term, then it doesn't matter. But if he was the guy that you were hoping to move at the trade deadline with the way that he's played so far this yeah. year, you, you've lost a lot of value by not yeah. moving him was, before the was season. Much higher, like, yeah, it was higher last year and going into this season. Uh, I think his value would have been a lot higher because he struggled. I mean, he's talked about the shoulder. We've seen that hitch in the shot come back. So his value was definitely tanked from, from last season. He has not been the guy he was last season. But to go back to Tyus, I, I could understand that if Tyus is – at the end of the season, I mean, they're not going to pay him what he's going to demand on the open market. There are probably some teams where he could go and start, and I don't blame him for going looking for that and going chasing that bag if he can get it because the Grizzlies are not going to offer him what he's going to get on the open market to, to be Jaws' backup. They're just not going to do it, and I understand it for him. So if, that's why it's so logical that they might move him at the deadline because you're probably going to lose him for nothing if you wait to the end of the season. So. But again, man, I, I like Tyus, man. And again, man, another big night for him tonight. Uh, 14 points, a rebound, seven assists. The two turnovers, was 410 from the field. Three of five from three. As you talk about the big numbers, his big shoot numbers this year. Three of three from the free throw line, 32 minutes, and a plus 20 on the plus minus, man. I mean, he just does a fantastic job of running the offense and doesn't turn the ball over a lot, man. He's been fantastic. And the offense looks really good when he's in there. Yeah, man, absolutely. Yeah, I, I hate to kind of swing it off track a little bit here, but with the struggles that they're having in New Orleans, being able to distribute the ball the way that, that it needs to be distributed, how good would Tyus Jones be down there? You know, like he can go in and start immediately, make yeah, a huge definitely. impact. And that that's just one. You know, you, you can probably look through and, and pick out a couple more teams that he can go and start for. The New York Knicks are a team – that I think Tyus Jones could be the starting point guard. Yeah, they have they have Kimball Walker, but Kimball Walker is a shell of his former self. He, he this fall from Kimball Walker really reminds me a lot of uh, Deron Williams, man. You yeah, know, he went from All Star, you know, playing it's like a rock USA, and just like fell off the face of the planet. And Kimball Walker is kind of doing that same thing. You know, he went from you know All Star level to where the heck is he? And you know that. Sometimes knee injuries can do that for you. So I, I, I hate it for him, obviously. But, you know, I, I didn't say that to, to bash him. But the, Tyus Jones is a very, very good backup point guard. And he could definitely go somewhere else where he could get more playing time than what he's going to get in Memphis. And he's going to get quite a bit of money. So I, I don't I don't think he's going to be a long-term guy for the Grizzlies, not because I dislike Ty or uh, Tyus but just the amount of money that he's going to demand. That, I mean, that that's it, man. Yeah, I mean, you, you had a good comparison with Kim Walker and um, Darren Williams. Uh, Darren Williams just dropped off the map, man. It was just awesome uh, there for, for several years there in Utah and just kind of kind of dropped off the map. And Kim Walker has been actually been benched in New York. They're not even playing him right now. Said his defense is so bad that they just, they're just not playing him. Uh, they're, they're going with a, a backcourt of, of Barrett and Fournier. Um, and Alec Burks, uh, so he's not even playing. I mean, he's DNP CD pretty much every game right now, and they're they're looking to move him. And I, I just don't know who's gonna gonna take him on at this point. But that's this is not a Knicks podcast, so we're kind of kind of getting off the the, the yeah. rails here. But yeah, for for Tyus, man, I, I just I think there are gonna there are better opportunities for him out there, and I think 
the Grizzlies know that. I think they they're pretty sure that they're not going to be they're not going to resign him at the end of the season. So I definitely think they'll probably explore that. That again, that's not just like a Tyus. I love Tyus. I think he's one of the best backup point guards in the league. And there's a lot of teams like we said that he can go out there and start for. And that's two examples. You talk about New Orleans and in New York. Those are two teams I think he can step right in and play, play, play. If, if not start, definitely play big minutes for uh, off the bench if he did start. So uh, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, again, man, if he if, if that is the case, man, he's doing a lot to, to help his trade value, especially especially with the shooting, because that was kind of the knock on him when, when he came in that he didn't wasn't wasn't shooting the basketball well. Thirty two percent. You kind of want him to shoot better than that. this season up at forty three percent. I think that'll really help their value if that ends up being the case. Yeah, yeah, for sure. To try and kind of get it back on track here. We, we, we were willing, reeling it in a little bit there, but Zaire Williams comes back tonight and then rolls his ankle. Just tough luck for the rookie. I, I couldn't tell. Like when it first happened, I saw him go down and I'm like, crap, is he holding that knee? And it, fortunately, it looked like it was an ankle, you know, not that you want an injury, but, you know, with him being out with that knee soreness and him going down like that, non contact yeah. injury, I'm glad that it was the ankle as opposed to the knee because with it being non contact and, and a knee injury, could, could be really scary. So hopefully he, he gets uh, gets well. Uh, Aldama played uh, about ten minutes tonight. Didn't you know he didn't play well? But the thing that I like about what Aldama's doing whenever he's out there is he's not scared to pull the trigger, and, and that that's something I, I think as a rookie and especially a guy that wasn't getting a lot of playing time early. I'm glad that he's out there and this coaching staff has given him the confidence that hey, you know, if you've got the shot, take it. Um, you know, he with him only playing 10 minutes tonight, and I apologize. My my league pass was messed up uh off and on throughout this game. I, I missed almost the entire first quarter and then throughout like the, the second half it was off and on. I was having to reset and all of that. What what happened with Aldama? Did he get injured? Then he only played 10 minutes, or was it just kind of the flow of the game? He wasn't gonna get more than that. Uh, he had a couple, actually a couple instances. He got elbowed in the face. Uh, one time, I think by uh, by Tucker, and then he had another play where he was going to the the, the basket and kind of fell down hard on his tailbone. Uh, I mean, he got up and, and shot the free throw. So I I don't know, maybe he was a little bit banged up and they didn't want to play it much. But I echo your sentiments. I'm I'm glad that especially while they're winning, that they're still playing him. I, th- I kind of thought when Zaire came back that he would kind of be out of rotation. But even before Zaire went down, he still came into the game early which I was happy to see. Uh, I'm kind of glad that they're sticking with playing these young guys, um, especially if you, again, like I said, able to do that while you're still winning games, uh, because I think that's invaluable for, for Santi, for, for Zaire. And it's just a testament to this front office and, and kind of the development aspect that they're willing to, to play these guys, even in high leverage games where they're in situations. I mean, we've seen Zaire on the floor in crunch time. I think it was that Utah game that they won. He was in the floor, yeah. on the floor the last four yeah. minutes of that game. He was right closing, in the big of it. So, yeah. yeah, so, I mean, that's it, it, really good to see. And that's, again, it goes out to this front office, Taylor Jenkins, and their commitment to developing guys. And it's really it looks really good to be able to do it while you win it. Yep, 100%, man. I, I really – just a good overall game from the Grizzlies. This win streak has been incredible. Um, the defense has really turned around. And I think it's more effort than anything. You see the energy level and the effort. These guys are coming in night in and night out since John Moran has went down. They're they're just playing at a completely different level. And and so I'm I'm happy to see that. 
We'll see what happens when Ja comes back. If they're going to keep this level of energy, if they do, it's going to be scary. It's going to be really, really good for the Grizzlies, and this record is probably going to continue to improve. They've got a tough little stretch coming up. They got Dallas. I think you said that uh, Dallas is going to be coming second game of a back-to-back, right, on Wednesday? Yeah, they got the Nets, got the Nets tomorrow night. Uh, that's televised game on TNT, so, yeah, they'll be coming in on a back-to-back, so that's a break. I'm sure Dallas is going to be coming in uh, uh, ready for this one. I'm excited about this back-to-back at Dallas and the NLA Lakers because that's kind of a measurement stick. I mean, they beat some teams, some teams that have been missing some guys. Uh, Jimmy, not, not to take any credit away because – kind of the way they've been winning and wire to wire and things like that. Jimmy Butler left the game tonight. But these are the two games you expect. Dallas will have probably, probably definitely Luka back. We'll see about Porzingis and, and college sign. Uh, but I'm excited about this back-to-back because the Lakers don't scare me. And, I mean, they should have won that game in, in L.A. Uh, but they end up losing that game in overtime. But I'm glad to get the rematch here. That's always a big game. You know, Laker fans are going to be Laker fans at FedEx Forum. I always enjoy knocking off the Lakers when, when they come here in, here to Memphis. So that's going to be fun. And again, a rematch with Dallas, an opportunity to go 2-0. Uh, they've done it with Denver. They've done it with the Clippers. And Dallas is another team that could be right there with you if you end up in that middle tier of playoff teams at the end of the season, right there through 6-2, 6-2, 8, 5-2, 4-2, 4-2, 10. You, you want to kind of avoid that play. And those are teams that you could be kind of balling, that with, balling for with and Again, to be 2-0 and o against them, you'd have three teams that could end up in that tier that you 2-0 and o against. So I'm excited about it. Um, man, I had a, a tweet that went viral, uh, and I want to talk about that a little bit, man. Uh, Bain kind of had some comments uh, after the win in Dallas. Uh, basically, you know, he played college at TCU right in the backyard of Dallas. So a lot of Mavericks fans were upset that, on the fact that Dallas passed on him. And he, he kind of mentioned that in the game. I think it was Evan Barnes who asked him a question about, how it felt going up against the Mavericks. And he kind of said that he uh, he wanted to have a good game against them because they passed on him, blah, 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 playing at TCU. And then he kind of went on to say, uh, well, well, Josh Green was picked over me and he didn't play tonight, uh, but that's, that's on them. And I put that tweet out and I had no idea that it was going to go viral. I guess this is something that Dallas Mavericks fans already had on their mind. They were upset with the front office for passing on Bain and saying that they passed on a lot of guys they should have. And I, when I put the tweet out, I didn't know it was going to go viral. And I didn't want people to think that, that Desmond was taking a shot at Josh Green because I don't think it had anything no. to do with Josh Green at all. I think it had more to do with the organization, the Mavs itself. He was just saying Josh yeah, Green. It could have been anybody. Yeah. That's just happened to, be the, happened to be the guy that they drafted over him. So that's the name he said. It could have been anybody. So I didn't want people to think that. There were some people that was kind of saying, oh, wait, man, he's taking a shot at Josh Green. I don't think it was that at all with the Mavs organization. And I, I can understand, man, being in the backyard, uh, playing, I'm sure he watched a lot of Mavs games. Talk about the fact that he knew all those guys, kind of playing in the area, and, and he probably might might have wanted to get drafted by Dallas. But I can understand him being upset. A lot of GMs passed on him, man. The Grizzlies, 29 other teams passed on him and let the Grizzlies get him at 30. So we're we're lucky to have him here, man. And he's getting better and better before our eyes. And I think, and, and we've talked a lot about about Desmond Bain on the show. I, I think he's better than a role player. I, I think he's going to be more than that. I think he's already more than that. And I think that was kind of the thoughts on him, short arms, just going to be a, a spot-up shooter, not going to be able to do much else. That's not the case at all, man. He's becoming an overall player, can do a lot of different things, uh, more athletic than a lot of people think, better defensively than a lot of people thought he was going to be. And, and he's been fantastic. Another big game tonight with 21 points. But I just want to clear that up. I don't think he meant anything 
any ill will towards Josh, Josh Green, man. It was more of the Mavs organization. Yeah, and, and I've got a little bit on that as well. Like, if you go back in that conversation, like in the, when when Evan asked him about that, Bain specifically mentioned that he knows everybody that was drafted ahead of him. Yeah. He said that. Yeah. He's like, I know every name. He's I know the name of every guy that was drafted ahead of me. And then, you know, it, it led into the the mentioning of Josh Green. And it and it only happened because it was the Mavericks. It wasn't, oh, you know, hey, I'm I'm trying to crap on Josh Green here. Exactly. And that's I, I don't Obviously, we can't speak for Desmond Bain and say, like, with certainty that he wasn't trying to crap on Josh Green a little bit there. But based off of the context of the conversation and, you know, like what I picked up watching, you know, watching him saying that, watching that presser, I I didn't take it at all. I think that you're 100% right that it was more toward the Mavs organization slash front office for not taking him than it was at – you know, oh, well, Josh Green went before me and he's not even playing. That just happened to be where they were at that night. But I, I also, I want to back up a little bit, and, and I wasn't going to say anything about this, but you mentioned it earlier about the Grizzlies kind of running into teams that have had injuries. And, and, yes, a little bit of that is luck. But look at some of the guys that have been out for the Grizzlies. They're missing yeah. John Morant, yeah. But – you're missing Kyle Anderson, who is one of your better players on this team. He's having a rough year, but he's still an impactful player. Brandon Clark has missed a few yeah, games. Zaire's been out. Zaire Williams has been a rotation guy all year, and he's been out injured. So I, I saw the conversation going on from some people about, oh, well, yeah, that they're, they're you know on a five-game – or it was before tonight. They're on a four-game win streak, but they're playing uh, – everybody they're playing is injured. And the Grizzlies aren't? <laughs> and like that that's a busted ass argument man like you i mean before you even mention anybody else when you just say jaws out that's it no yeah. you might as well not even talk about it anymore that draw a and, line and there man that is that conversation it, it's crazy <laughs> like i i the okc matchup the grizzlies are supposed to beat them anyway yeah S- I mean, sga and giddy were both out <laughs> yeah but 73 points man come yeah. on man they're, they're, the, that, the okc fans were like complaining like oh man sga was out you got beat by 73 points I mean, yeah. come on, man. <laughs> you know, you can only play the games that are on the schedule. That's all you can do. You can't control that. And, yeah, that they there have been cases where the teams, other teams were not healthy. But they weren't who, winning who that else, game, man. <laughs> outside of OKC, who else have they played that they, that they were missing their best player? Dallas? Man, I, I got to pull the schedule up and look. I looked at it earlier. And, Dallas, and I, and, I, and I guess a lot of people – like probably non-Grizzly people would probably say, oh, well, Timmy Butler left the game, but he played a significant he, he amount of that game. Minutes. Yeah, I, I think the Grizzlies would have won this tonight anyway, even if he had played in that game. I just – the way the Grizzlies played tonight, I, I think they would have won this game even if Timmy had played. I mean, we can't say that for sure, but I that's my thought. And, again, man, the Grizzlies are missing guys too. I mean, you're missing John, which is your best player. Kyle Anderson is a, a big-time rotation piece. Again, sorry, we have played. He left this game. You're missing mm-hmm. Brandon Clark, so – I mean that I'm not I'm not hearing any of those excuses, man. You play who's in front of them. They won the games, and it's kind of the way they won them. They won wire to wire, basically. Even tonight, they had one tie early in the game, and outside of that, they never trailed in this game. So I don't want to hear those hear those excuses, man. The Grizzlies are five and zero, and they went out there and did what they have to do, beat the team that's in front of them, and that's all you can do. Yeah, yeah. I I just thought it was funny that it 
and, and it's it shouldn't surprise me at this point, right? Like, so this is I came in, this is Jaron's fourth year. I started doing this podcast uh before the transition. It was, you know, hoop ball transition to sports ethos. So four seasons ago, I started doing this podcast and I started realizing early on uh, of how Memphis didn't get credit for anything there was always well they're doing this but this is also happening and then all of John Morant's rookie year you hear John Morant is out in front for rookie of the year because Zion Williamson is injured because there's always like nobody can just say hey the Grizzlies are playing good basketball they're five and oh without their best player it has to be well yeah they're five and oh but you, you know, they're running into other teams that are injured. So are they. So are, like there, there was, there was not another instance with the exception of the, I'll give you the OKC game, which the Grizzlies win that game anyway, regardless of if SGA and Giddy are there, they're just a better team. They should beat that team. But OKC and Dallas are the two teams that were missing players that are equivalent of John Morant and the rest of the players that are out. And that's it. These other three wins, Jimmy Butler played the majority of this game. Kyle Lowry was in there for 40 minutes. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero lit the Grizzlies up. He's playing well this year. They, you, you can't help that. But it just drives me insane that regardless of how good this team is playing or how well an individual player is playing, there has to be some sort of, but Memphis got this or that. or that. It's always Memphis versus everybody. And if you cover – any Memphis sports at all, you will see it. You like, you hear the saying before I heard it beforehand and I'm like, I don't really know that it's all that bad. And then now that I'm covering it and I'm seeing it night in and night out, there's always that, you know, well, but this, but nothing, they're playing great basketball right now without their best player and they're beating the teams in front of them. Yeah. I mean, it's always been that way with the Grizzlies, whereas you're talking about university of Memphis football, basketball, it's Memphis always seems to have to, do extra in order for people to give them credit. They just never get credit for anything. Grizzlies could win a championship, and they're probably you'd hear people outside of Memphis naysayers saying, "Oh well, they won a championship, but it was this is why it happened." All that I mean, and I've never seen it. I mean, other teams do less and get more credit than the Grizzlies do, and it's just always been that way. And a lot of times these things are cliche, uh, like the Memphis versus everybody. People outside of Memphis kind of laugh at that, but it's one hundred percent true. That's not made up. I mean, Memphis does does seem like they have to do more uh, to get the accolades that other people get. But again, man, that's a good mentality. I mean, that gives you something to fight for. I think that's why you have guys like Dylan Brooks because they feel slighted. They don't get the same accolades the team that guys that play for other teams get, and they feel like they have to go out and fight for it. And, 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 and it, I think it creates a certain energy with the team. And we saw that in the grit and grind area, and this is not grit and grind. They do it a different way, but you still see kind of that attitude from, from some of the guys on the team. And I think that's kind of where that comes from. It just seems like it's always been that way. Yeah. Man, I think I'm about ready to wrap it up. You got anything else you want to go over before we get out of here? Yeah, man, I'll run, run through the team stats real quick uh, before yeah. we get out of here. Uh, Memphis 38 of 89 for 42.7%. Miami 35 of 76 for 46.1%. Uh, so they outshoot the Grizzlies, but Grizzlies end up winning the game by 15 anyway. And it, it kind of goes with this next stat, three-point Grizzlies, uh, 13 to 33 for 39.4 percent. Really shot the shot the basketball well tonight. Didn't in the game before, uh, so good to see that turn around tonight. Miami, as I said, really shot the basketball well in that first game. 
uh, from downtown back at Fed Forum. Only six of 22 tonight for 27.3%. So the Grizzlies plus seven in makes, plus 11 in attempts, plus 21 in points off of threes. And that's kind of where they won the game. Uh, free throw 16 of 21 for 76.2, much better than la- the last game where they struggled against Dallas. Uh, 14 to 17 for Miami for 82.4%. Grizzlies win the battle of the boards 47 to 36. Offensive rebound 16 to 7. Uh, big work from, from Stephen Adams there. So the Grizzlies win the rebound in battle. Uh, so again, man, just another another big victory for the Grizzlies. Uh, coming back on the home floor to get a day off. Uh, coming back, uh, Mavericks on Wednesday, Lakers on Thursday. So I'm, I'm excited about this back to back because again, I think these are two games that kind of can, can kind of set up some of the naysayers. I, I don't agree with what they're saying, just like we just said, but you win these two games. And I think that that will be different because I think Luke will be back for Dallas. And anytime you beat the Lakers, it's fun. I mean, you, even though they struggle, people still look at them like there's so, they're something special. So you definitely, definitely don't ever mind beating the Lakers. So definitely looking forward to that two games coming up uh, here at FedEx Forum on Wednesday and Thursday. Yes, sir. That That's, I, I can't wait. Like the 29th, the Lakers game, I'm going to be at that game with my son. He, he's been a Westbrook fan forever and so you know he'll be there and he'll be one of the lakers fans and i'll be talking trash to him the whole game hopefully (laughs) i'm really hoping that the grizzlies win that one as well so we'll see how that goes but before we get out here we're gonna let you know about our partners here at hootball mybookie.ag best online sportsbook out there more lines and better odds for the players go over there and sign up using the promo code hootball yes we have transitioned to sports ethos but our promo code has not changed with them at this point I will let you all know when that happens, but mybookie.ag, promo code HOOPBALL, they will match your initial deposit 50% up to $1,000. And it, it, their motto is simple. It's you bet you win, you get paid. There are instances where you have promo bucks, but when you do the deposit match, it is not a promo match. You, you put the money in and you do have to put it in play, but it, it's real money. So get over there, use our promo code, let them know that we sent you, and help us out. We appreciate that. You can get me on Twitter at dwill2111. The show is at ethos, E-T-H-O-S, Grizzlies. Isaac, let them know where they can find you and get us out of here, man. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Isaac underscore Rivals, I-S-A-A-C underscore Rivals. want to thank everyone for tuning in here to the Sport Ethos Grizzlies podcast, man. We really appreciate it. Go over to at eat those grizzlies uh, and give us a follow that's e-t-h-o-s grizzlies will be back later this week breaking down uh the Mavericks and lakers game uh later this week so make sure you be on the lookout for that and until next time for david we go and that will conclude our sports ethos presentation